one. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Data on Kubernetes live stream number 119, I believe. We're really getting up there in terms of the numbers. Always a pleasure to be here. Very excited about today's live stream. As usual, you know you're going to hear the news about KubeCon because we got our third co-located event in KubeCon coming up on May 16th. Was just talking to Shiv. Hope we can get him to submit a talk. Our CFP is very much alive and thriving, getting lots of good submissions. So if you want to give a talk, please check it out. Very clear guidelines, what we're looking for from a content perspective. We're hoping to have two tracks because we had so much content in the last one in October. We want to open up to be uh, to have more options and more opportunities for different folks to speak. Uh, so definitely keep that in mind there. As usual, keep the conversations going in Slack. All right, we've got great speakers that are ready and willing to answer your questions. So get your questions out here in the YouTube chat, but also remember that we can continue the conversation in Slack. Plenty of live streams that are coming up. You can see all that in our meetup page. Also drop the link there just in case. Um, and without further ado, I would like to invite our speaker today, Shiv, who has lots and lots of database experience on the vendor side, on the end user side. Shiv, can you just give us a brief summary of all the databases that you've worked on? First of all, um, thank you so much for um, having me on this conference. It's been, um, it, it's been a, a great uh, program where you guys drive, um, connecting people, um, sharing knowledge. Uh, both are um, equally important uh, for all of us um, to have access to the knowledge as well as uh, staying relevant, right? So um, thank you so much um, for making this happen. Our pleasure. All right, so, uh, yeah. all right, so I'm, I'm an open source database systems guy for uh, over two decades. So, so I focus um, across, so started with MySQL, uh, with MySQL ABs on microsystems, and then um, across um, transaction processing uh, open source database systems, um, including uh, PostgreSQL and MariaDB. But over, over a period of time, what happened was that uh, there's a transformation happened from, from a, a vendor focused MySQL consultant to um, someone who is building an open source uh, uh, transaction processing system for web scale, um, addressing performance and reliability. So that, that became my role. So um, there, there was a transformation happens. Um, the data identity have changed from being a, a transaction processing system. And eventually all these transaction processing systems, data uh, became uh, the source, the fuel for um, analytics operations. Um, so uh, so it's been it's been uh, last uh, few years uh, working uh, from quite early days of ClickHouse, and uh, I'm also uh, the founder and uh, principal of uh, Minerva DB and uh, and ClickHouse only uh, managed support um, service provider for both on-premises and cloud called uh, Chista Data. Okay. Uh, so I'm the founder and uh, principal of uh, both of these companies. Uh, we serve more than approximately uh, 500 customers worldwide. Some of the largest internet properties in and different domains like fintech, um, you know, fintech, uh, adtech, all, all, all those guys. Um, working, um, and worked on several, I mean, multiple continents, worked on all the five continents. Wow. Um, worked on uh, 37 cities worldwide. Uh, so yeah, wow. uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a great journey, um, consulting and support and managed services across these TV systems. Good, with that in mind, you know, I, I, I wanna get into your presentation, but you've seen obviously You've got two decades of data experience. You've seen the evolution. As we're getting into this Kubernetes space, as vendors and end users are embracing the challenge of getting to this point, um, what do you, what do you, what do, you, what do you, what are the, what's the vibe? What's the feeling that you're getting in terms of what's happening right now? 
where do you think the major challenges are and and what might we be able to expect in the future? Um, the problem solved uh, by data infrastructure owners, uh, or like you can call them DBAs or today you call them SREs or, or um, data platform engineers. So eventually what uh, each one of them are accountable is uh, uh, guaranteeing the, the large, most, most um, expensive asset of each corporation, which is a digital asset, which is a data um, optimal. Uh, because today, if you look at the data as accessible on wearables, on smartphones, um, that's not something new. You know, like today we use uh, more data powered uh, platforms um, compared to anything else uh, for, for, for life and for the business. Um, so uh, compromise on performance is unacceptable. Uh, the volume of data growing um, is um, is just uh, beyond even the computation uh, formulas uh, we applied in the past. Um, that means that uh, the storage optimization is something which we need to seriously uh, look out for. Um, data compression is something which uh, also we need to discount as um, we are talking about machine generated data. Um, third is about how we create an ecosystem which is built for scale um, and uh, reliable. So if, if you ask me what's gonna be the challenge for a data platforms guy, uh, be it for a transaction processing system or analytics or, or eventually consistent system, the, the challenge remains same, you know, like because um, each one of these um, geeks are solving the challenges to make sure that uh, the data, um, data infra uh, is, uh, is consistent uh, in, in performance and reliability. Because if, if data infra goes down, that's a direct impact on the business. Like uh, mm. most of us, you know, there is a power outage, it's, it's acceptable, we are, we are used to power outage. But then if any of the platforms which, uh, which rides our life today, like for example, Google going down for, uh, or, or WhatsApp going down for 40, 45 minutes means this is a serious problem. Then we need to look at what are the alternative ways to connect with the people whom we know. So, so the consumer facing, uh, internet companies, consumer-facing applications today play a larger, larger role, and these are all um, immensely powered by data, which could be like a transaction processing data or analytics data. But then, um, these data plays a vital role. So, we are accountable. Uh, when I say we, the data platform stakeholders are accountable to make sure they are available. Very, very good. That being said, excellent answer. Excellent answer. I loved. And, and once again, we can't forget that because you know, we simply cannot forget about the most valuable asset that an organization has is the data. So this is something that has to be treated with a great deal of responsibility, which is also why we've seen, and it's understandable, we have to use empathy here, that a lot of organizations will be hesitant about their doubts regarding, should I be moving my data to Kubernetes? What are the risks? You know, Because a general sort of idea is leave the data alone, don't touch it, leave it exactly where it is, and you won't have to worry. But then we have to consider what are the advantages, the benefits, the positive things that can come out of this from a technological perspective, from a financial perspective, from a vendor lock-in perspective to avoid that of moving stateful workloads onto Kubernetes. That being said though, let's jump into your presentation. As usual, folks, keep the questions coming in the YouTube chat. We'll get to them accordingly and you can start sharing your screen. Right. Um, so I believe you guys can see my screen. Looks now. great. Yeah. So um, my talk today is about how do um, we um, troubleshoot um, ClickHouse um, for our uh, production um, infrastructure operations and uh, what uh, is a methodology and what is the process we follow um, 
to make sure that we are building um, we, are, we are building a process um, for a seamless, say a seamless um, clickhouse infrastructure uh, operations. About me, quick, uh, I'm the founder and principal of Minerva DB, uh, which is a consultative support and managed services provider for MySQL, MariaDB, and PostgreSQL, and also for Chista Data. So, Chista Data is a, is a new company. Uh, we are a six month old company now. Um, the, the company is a, a full service clickhouse um, infrastructure operations um, support provider. Um, delivering both consultative support and managed services on-premises as well on cloud. Um, Chester Data is a funded company by Sequoia Capital. And um, we, we are, we are um, making a direct impact on some of the largest um, um, healthcare um, as well um, the FitTech um, companies uh, globally. Um, so uh, what has been my um, technology focus? Uh, I mean, I've been an open source database systems guy. I um, started as a guy who worked on InnoDB, uh, moved to MySQL, and over a period of time, my uh, focus been like how I can build a, a fully optimal um, and reliable database infrastructure on uh, open source um, data platform, database infrastructure stack. So um, today, I work on MySQL, MariaDB, PostgreSQL. When it comes to open source transaction computing space, and also on ClickHouse um, when it comes to uh, building systems uh, for analytics, uh, column style. So um, you, can, you can follow me on Twitter and you can also um, write to me on either of these two emails. So when, 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 when I talk about performance, right? Um, performance um, accelerates uh, business. So, um, when when um when I talk to uh, when I talk to people of uh, multiple professional interests like be it a business owner or or an engineer or, or or an infrastructure operations guy, what is a simple term to define uh, about performance engineering? So it's it's quite direct. It's about how much time an operation takes to complete. It's a response time. Um, Complications can be like, you know, um, I have a system which consumes, uh, say, 99% of CPU, uh, which um, extensively uh, uh, swapping out during um, uh, the higher consumption of memory and the disk IO throughput is, say, um, um, 50,000 um, megabytes per second, or, or what will be that number? But that's that's irrelevant for, for a owner, business owner, right? When I say business owner, it's it's not just limited to the functional business owner, which could be even uh, someone who owned the technology infra. So um, keeping things simple always helps to troubleshoot because the language of um, language of setting the performance operations um, is um, something we need to be very cautious about, make it as simple as possible. So response time, and also understand how, um, how the system performs during the peak hours about how um, the connections are handled. Um, are, you, um, are you looking at the response time, time limited to the, the, the time it takes for a process to complete? Or you're also measuring from the state until process begin. Um, and if there are any, any weight events um, due to some um, planned or unplanned processes or if there are any deadlocks. So, if, if you put the meaning, uh, more meaningful um, 
context to the performance engineering, it becomes quite direct. Um, so when, when, when I capture the same thing on, on a diagram, it's, 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 it becomes even more direct, right? It's all about um, what is the MIPS? What's a million, uh, what's a number of millions of uh, instructions processed or executed per second? Again, not to not to confuse. So more uh, MIPS is definitely not meaning that you have a very high performance system operational. But technically, if you look at uh, a cockpit view of a system, um, if you look at what what do you see on a system, it's like hey, um, there's an application which could be SQL or no SQL, um, which uh, is evaluated uh, with the corresponding compiler or or optimizer if if there is anything, and which. Uh, build the data access path, which is about, hey, uh, which schema objects are accessed, uh, which indexes are used, and what is going to be execution plan. That execution plan is the one which drives um, the, the, the application to, to the persistent data, or, or the data which is, um, which is uh, expected out of that um, query, which is expected of that program, right? And, uh, and what what as a performance engineer I look forward to is like, what is the response time for that single query uh, took? And how much, um, how much is that program efficient? Like how much it's, um, how many uh, number of rows scanned and what is processed? That's it. So effectively you can see that if I can't find out a diagrammatic representation of each programs, uh, each queries, which are triggered on my um, click house, and find out um, how the program um, access the indexes available and uh, which partitions are accessed, if, if you have partitions, uh, which schema objects are um, accountable to provide data and what is the data access path and what is the latency that, that, uh, gives, that gives the context of what I'm talking to when it comes to performance engineering. But where does the performance troubleshooting comes? Um, how it begins? This, this, is, this is a very interesting question, right? Um, there, are, there are two ways I, I get to work with uh, people. There are times I get to work with people, they just call me, um, you know, like a time of the day or even the night. Hey, you know, Shiv, uh, we're finding a problem with the performance. Um, can you guys jump in? Two is a guy like, who already, um, you know, contracted me, where I take an initiative to go and talk to them about performance and why performance is, uh, is a business accelerator. It's not just a feature, right? When, when you say that, hey, I have built a system which is um, built for performance, um, and that's, that's that's a great feature. Like I've I've seen many many times, application architects, um, the the business owners, you know, something. I have I have a high performance fintech platform. Good. It's, I mean, it's, this is something which you expect, right? Um, that is that's a business accelerator. Accelerator for who? Um, customers um, who's who are spending time on top of your application. Like for example, um, I use, I use, um, I, I use like uh, say Uber, I use, I use some several, um, several of apps, like each one of you in my phone. And for me, like uh, when, I, when, I, when I go for requests, when I go for submission of a request, I'm expecting um, an optimal response time. So that means uh, th there is a customer investment happening, right? It's, we, we all trade on time. Then there's a technology infrastructure, right? Um, the systems which are not built for performance are expensive for the business. It means like uh, none of the companies worldwide say that, you know something, 
I don't, I don't uh, worry about uh, performance. This is how it works. No, um, every company invests a lot for infrastructure, and infrastructure uh, is also equally important for performance. But then, if you're going to scale performance with faster computing um, uh, resources, that's not the way to scale. So that means that whenever you go for capacity improvement, enhancement, that means that there is a there's a cost impact to that, and that impacts directly on the margin. So that means that. Uh, there's a business impact and there's a technology infra impact. And technology automation process failure. This is something like, uh, should I really worry about uh, tuning my ClickHouse, my application? I would say like, uh, you know, this is something like when you are not spending um, the effort or uh, when you're not spending for an initiative, which is about our detailed performance um, diagnostics of your um, ClickHouse infrastructure, that means that you you end up in in compromising. Hey, you know something? I have I have ten query requests happening um, during peak hours. After three are very important, seven are not so important. When I see that there's a performance compromise happening, maybe five out of those ten, I say like you know something? I can do it in alternate ways. Um, that means that um, I am again um, um, again handicapping. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm again um, you know like I'm. Uh, I'm trying to uh, deflate the potential of the application, what it's built for. I'm trying to do that as either as a manual process or even when I say, you know, something, we're not going to do that. So all this will lead to what, you know, like uh, it's, it's all about unhappiness, right? You know, like your customers are not happy, your suppliers are not happy, your partners are not happy. The whole ecosystem is not happy. Continue that. You will end up in losses. Continue that. You go for layoff. Continue that. You go for a shutdown. Um, Eventually, this all impact directly and indirectly on, on the economy. So when, when you say that a performance is something which uh, has a broader influence and impact on the on, on our data economy business, like each and every company today is a data economy, right? Take, take uh, all, all the business which you're talking about, right? Which uh, drives us, right? From Google um, to even, even um, a grocery store who, who provides me groceries, right? Everything is data-driven economy. So uh, any impact? impacts each one of us. And that is not something which we uh, definitely uh, expect. Now, understanding where does ClickHouse come from and why do we need a, a new data store, right? One, ClickHouse is not something which supplement um, traditional transaction processing system. If, if you are using MySQL, PostgreSQL, MariaDB for your transaction processing system, uh, or be any other transaction processing system, is ClickHouse is something you're not um, you're going to use it to uh, supplement with? Answer is no. No, ClickHouse is not for that. Um, ClickHouse is built for analytics, an open source column store built for analytics, um, which um, is built for performance because the persistent data on ClickHouse is sorted by primary key. So that means that every of your sort search uh, intensive uh, operations, each, each of, so if you look at each of, each of the application we use are majorly aggregators today, like uh, even, even Uber or my, or my grocery store, or be anything, right? Even uh, and any of those are predominantly aggregators. A lot of sort search intensive queries happen there. Um, not every part of them will fit on a column store, but a lot of parts can fit uh, pretty well on column store. So ClickHouse is that, which uh, this is an open source um, OLAP column store um, capable of um, using all your investments on your um, new high performance multi core uh, machines and. Uh, and that that is uh, a completely distributed um, SQL um, compliant. So 
this is the you know this story looks good right you know like you know i have a open source database system which is um, capable of massively parallel processing and uh, built for distributed um, all app queries so what is a problem we are trying to solve what are the challenges all app systems really grow big so if, if somebody asks me like one line of difference between a transaction processing system and all app system transaction processing system the problem we are trying to solve most often is uh, not storage uh, they grow big but then not really as storage. We, we in transaction processes, we, we solve about how we can make um, transactions um, are optimal. They're not failing. Whereas in a lab, we are looking at like, hey, you know something, a crazy amount of data. Like, um, like today, we, you know, I have personally worked with several uh, variable companies, uh, which are like multi-petabyte of data. And uh, when more data is a more problem for us, one is a performance. Two is again the consistency of performance. Three is about capacity planning sizing. Four is about the reliability. Five is about getting all these things uh, continuous at a scale. Um, so also also the cost of storage, right? Um, we need to look at um, something um, a column store which is capable of um, compressing the data uh, more um, more efficiently. And uh, ClickHouse has a specialized codex for that, um, which makes sure that your um, compaction factor, your, your, your compression factor for your um, uh, data is um, optimal. So when you, when you look at it at a bigger scale, um, troubleshooting the ClickHouse performance um, is um, again, a specialized skill, right? Um, this, is, this is not a generic skill. Like um, this is something like, um, you know, you need to have a deeper understanding about how all these things work on production. So this is not a generic skill. This is about understanding how all these things work in TANAP. Okay, um, what is a methodology? Um, how, do you, how do you start performance troubleshooting? I, I get like, I tell you, uh, the complexity of performance troubleshooting is not just limited to the volume of data, the traffic, but then there are internal challenges. Today, the amount of data accessible for me to troubleshoot is also very high. Something which is more is, also not good. Like today, uh, like um, ten years back, when I used to be a performance engineer, like I was not having access to so much of data. That means, like, hey, you know, I want to um, troubleshoot a performance. Um, I have a limited um, access to data. Like I, I take up the query log and look at, like, hey, where is uh, application spending more time? Which are those top um, ten, five, five, ten SQLs which I need to have uh, immediate attention? That is not the case today. Today I have time series performance monitoring system. I have, I have dedicated observability and uh, infrastructure. I have a lot of Linux tools which are capable of uh, you know troubleshooting database performance. A lot of data dictionary tables, system tables, which uh, provides me a lot of information. So there is a tsunami of information there. Now for me the challenge is like, do I need all the data? That's that's a new performance bottleneck to solve. Um, then what will I pick? Because um, I don't need every data available. Um, I need to choose the data source uh, carefully. Um, then um, querying everything is an extra load to the system. If somebody tells me like, hey, Shiv, can you troubleshoot the system? And if I, if I look around for say hundred tables and run another 50 scripts outside database systems and say like, you know something, I'm collecting data, I'm collecting data, but what are you collecting? Um, what do you really need? Do you, do you need a lot of data? Uh, no, because when you're, when you're doing troubleshooting performance, uh, this is a very expensive uh, engagement. Uh, because um, expensive from the sense like when you're troubleshooting performance um, um, reactively, that means that business is already impacted. So you, you can say like, you know, I'm going to take a month to troubleshoot performance. 
So uh, understand understand what is the unit of performance. Like I said, like, you know, um, where application is spending time um, and which processes are uh, the epicenter of that. Um, what is um, the throughput uh, for an application and um, what are you using, right? Um, because we need, um, uh, we need uh, tools, we need, we need uh, data to troubleshoot uh, because it's all going to be completely evidence-based. So choose what you need and um, set, the, set the goal um, clear so that you are not getting everything. I start with simple things, right? I, know, like, I, I don't like to complicate things. Like um, I look at like, hey, um, where do I start with, right? I want to see that uh, at, at, at a infra, like what is happening to the system? Like uh, who are the, the biggest consumers of uh, the resources available? So I use basic, uh, simple Linux, uh, or if I'm, if I'm on, a, on a FreeBSD system. So I work both on Linux and FreeBSD. So I look at the very simple tools which are available. Um, I don't need to um, have an extra, um, you know, like uh, privileges to install those uh, tools uh, to start my work. So um, what are those six tools which I use when I start my uh, performance audit? I want to see where uh, are those top processes coming from and uh, by latency um, and detailed uh, report on uh, how those individual uh, processes are uh, consuming resources. And uh, I use uh, VM stat just to find like how uh, is um, swapping paging happening and broadly understand like how is the disk IO distribution looking like. Um, of course, I look at the, the network socket performance uh, when you are on a, a cross-geographically um, distributed um, data infrastructure. So this is this is about uh, measure the, the infrastructure, how is it uh, consuming system. So technically, if you see a CPU performance, what we say is measured by cycles by instructions, just like uh, how, uh, how the CPU performs um, for each of uh, um, the processes active um, and idle, and uh, that's it. And uh, so, in, the, in this in this uh, slide, if you really look at like what what I'm really looking forward to is like uh, who are the the top consumers of um, CPU and what are they executing? Simple. This, so this, this narrow downs me. So as early as possible, you should narrow down on your um, performance troubleshooting. Um, going continuously broad, like you know, hunting for, the, for as much data as possible, uh, it's good, but then um, it's also about money, right? It's about, it's about time. When I say time, money are proportionate to each other, right? So you say like, hey, I want to find out where is epicenter. Not necessarily every time there will be a click house is a problem. Um, so I want to first make sure that there is, there is a click house. Um, which is um, the root cause of um, of your of your system's resource hogging, and uh, so this is the so I, I use SAR on uh, so as I said right I, I get to work on on both FreeBSD and Linux, and uh, I um, BSD SAR um, I, I don't I don't uh, again I don't um, configure over configure um, I just configure only when I need it. Um, but when I'm when I'm doing a performance diagnostics, I I configure uh, my SAR configuration file to um to collect um, CPU disk and uh, and swapping data. I mean I, I I take most of it. Um, I, NFS um, I I don't use it often. So 
I don't I don't use it. Um, but then yes, um, I, I take um, how um, how the infra is um, consumed, and, and then it's like uh, so. Where, where do where do I measure this? Right, the goal setting is very important. Let's say that if I don't know what is an available um, uh, memory, free memory on a system, and uh, then I can't um, I can't I can't um, plan um, for the caching like. Um, as much of data we can on have the memory uh, is good uh, because your reads and writes uh, will be faster. Can I have entire data on reads and writes on memory? Um, answer is yes if I'm on an OLTP uh, on a transaction processing system. Like I like I said, you know, like uh, you know, like when I have a system running on say 700 terabytes, 800 terabytes of petabyte or multi petabyte, right? Now when I say that I won't have everything on the RAM, that means like it's going to be a seriously expensive system. So. Um, why do I, I need to know like, you know, like what could be, uh, what could be the amount of data each query is um, getting um, to the memory? Do we have, do we have that capacity? And uh, what is the load on the system? Like uh, how many such queries are hitting my um, Playhouse instance during a peak hours? And what could be the maximum data, um, you know, a sort select um, can happen on Clickhouse and um, what could be my, my swapping? So this is, this is to understand about what is the limitations of my system. So if I can understand what is the limitation, I can set the expectations clear. That's, that's the only thing. So um, the, the basic, basic point when you're, when you're looking at, um, do we have a very standard, this is the standard metal, method of performance troubleshooting? Um, not really, not really. Because when, when it comes to troubleshooting uh, 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 infra like, uh, um, like a click house, right? Uh, like, like I keep saying, right? We're very large database infrastructure where we continuously look forward to how we can distribute um, the, the query load, um, how I can use um, um, all, all the processes available, um, how I can distribute the SQL operations. Um, that means like how I can you know, use the most efficient way of um, partitioning the schema objects, um, how I can make um, the query operations parallel that means that I need to know about what is the, the throughput capability of my storage infrastructure. So that, that helps me to distribute um, the, the read-write operations. Meaning that, you know, like um, there is no single um, storage uh, mount uh, or infra is um, accountable for the complete uh, performance or the load of the system. So when, when, I, when I'm working on a uh, performance uh, audit in um, ClickHouse, I'm looking at a very, very large production in private, loads of data on it. Um, and I, I, can, I can clearly understand that the, the challenge is like, there'll be two factors. One is like a um, serious performance issue when it comes to writes. And uh, most serious of that is like, hey, we are, we are reading a lot. Uh, our, our queries are quite complex. Uh, go for a wider uh, data access patterns. Um, so naturally there is a performance bottleneck. Uh, related to the data seek and uh, uh, data processing and uh, and even the limitations of uh, the storage as well as um, the RAM. So um, if, you, if you have a clarity on how your systems are performing uh, from an infra perspective, that helps me to um, be more honest to my audit report. Now, uh, once, once I have identified, hey, look, you know, this is the infrastructure which I have hosted my ClickHouse. Um, why um, I, I look to um, trace, uh, creating, creating um, a system which is traceable. Um, 
there are there's like i said there are several ways to look at uh, the performance right you know like here if here if you look at like you know i, I didn't i didn't um, go to um uh, I, I didn't go to several uh, complicated tools all, all i used was like very basic direct ones which i want to understand like how systems um, um behaves uh, what 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 are the capability of the system the next my step itself is like um, tracing the application um trace is uh, one um one direct method um, to get the data access path of an application. End of the day, every every query which happens on a clickhouse is building a data access path, which is nothing but how the SQL origins, which are the table objects accessed, uh, which are those columns, and how the index optimize how how the index access model looks like, and um, internally how the optimizer is taking all these things. Um, so in, in this case, I don't I don't want to talk about optimizer and click that is irrelevant. Then here I'm talking about like how the execution plan look like and um, how we can make an efficient um, data access path. And know both um, usual and unusual um, incidents happening. Like uh, for example, I'll have, I'll have usual uh, expected is like hey you know something um, I have a schema object with uh, the indexes on um, few of these columns and these columns are criteria of my um, select programs and they are used. Um, that's good. And still, there is a performance issue. Then I need to look at like, hey, why there is a performance issue after having an index? That is expected problem. Unexpected is like I have an index. That index is not used. It's even a bigger performance problem for me to solve. One, I have to see like why there is index um, usage. Why why um, the clickhouse is not using the index? Is it the construct of the SQL is a, is a bottleneck? Two is that uh, what what else could be the problem? Then how the system how the system components are consumed by the application this is something which is very important and and also i have to record both successful and unsuccessful events happening on the infrastructure let's see that you have a uh, continuously of wrong queries um, which are referring to long wrong schema objects and and that's that's happening continuously and that's creating an error uh, but for for end business owner it's like you know something my clickhouse is always busy it's not doing anything relevant, but then it's always busy. So um, I need to record um, everything, both um, successful and unsuccessful incidents. And um, how um, ClickHouse is internally handling it as a process. Like every request is coming as an independent thread for ClickHouse. So we need to look at like what is um, the thread performance latency and thread um, throughput. So um, if, if I put it like when I trace, an infrastructure, a ClickHouse infrastructure, I look forward to one performance, two is like, um, am I doing everything as expected? Um, that means uh, it's, a, it's a sanity testing of an application. Three is like um, how the performance is measured from the process, from the, from the thread operations level to the ClickHouse server um, instance. And eventually like um, how, to, how to have a cost efficient um, Capacity planning, sizing effort. You 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 hear me saying this often, right? Um, capacity planning, sizing. Uh, yes, you know, like because as I say, like uh, when when you're building a very large database infrastructure on a, on a on lab store, right? Whenever there's a problem, like hey, you know something, um, there's a serious performance issue. Um, we will have a week's time to solve this. If you're not going to fix on this, then we're going to buy a faster process because um, because business cannot um, tolerate uh, for the loss of the business, right? So like. End of the day, like we can we solve it? If you're not going to solve it, um, we're going to invest on machines. Um, so we need to we need to be also conservative, like um, how we are going to do the sizing of the infrastructure. 
Like I said, there are, there are several tools, right? Today, if you see that, uh, I have not spoken about this tool um, 10 years back, um, ABPF. Uh, I, would have, I would have definitely not um, spoken um, uh, this um, tracing using multiple Linux tools. Uh, if, if I'm talking about uh, purely troubleshooting a performance infra, uh, if, if it was several years back. Today, I have access to several tools. Um, thanks for, thanks for Thanks to some of the fantastic um, you know, performance engineers today we are around. Uh, EBPF, uh, all of us read book of uh, Brendan Gregg. Um, he, makes, he makes a lot of effort to make our life awesome. Um, what's it? So this is, um, uh, this is nothing but a packet filter. It is built traditionally for um, filtering the network packets on um, how um, the system resources are used. Um, Eventually, like if you, if you really look at like what what um, BPF was built for was like he decode the um, packets um, and annotate them uh, in a you know meaningful performance uh, language, performance engineer language, um, authored by Alexei um, and uh, eventually built a lot by the community. Um, so technically, what happens is like uh, eBPF access the, the data structures of um, the underlying Linux kernel um, and uh, using using multiple front ends. I mean, you, you, you can use uh, you know, BCC or PPF or perf. You can use multiple uh, front end on eBPF uh, and, uh, and you, can, um, you can record the performance um, from multiple uh, metrics, performance engineering metrics, uh, like right from the CPU usage to memory, from disk ops, from an application point of view, from a database instance point of view. It's, it's very ex 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 I mean, extensive, right? Again, how do you use it uh, is again uh, left to you. You can, you, can, you can spend months together on a database in, in, on a ClickHouse infra to use eBPF um, to create a lot of data. Um, then then uh, consolidating it is an even bigger problem to solve. Um, if you're making a direct impact, you need to know like how you're going to use it. So what what I do is like uh, when, I, when, I, when I'm when I'm using eBPF, my uh, my purpose of usage is very very direct. I want to find out like how um, when I use top, I get the processes uh, which are um, expensive. But when I'm using a um, a BCC tool like uh, um, EXE Snoop uh, or Open Snoop. Uh, or, or bio latency, each of them get into um, deeper level of understanding about not just the metadata of the performance bottleneck, but then the detailed story, the actual data, like which is that SQL, which is that application, which is that uh, thread, which is causing um, my uh, average response time of my application um, to spike. And uh, why am I using more um, of disk operations than uh, than it is expected. Like for example, when I'm using BioSnoop, um, what I'm doing is like I want I'm I'm measuring the disk ops, uh, including um, how the queuing happening uh, on on from from a, both on a read and write, um, you know, making making uh, making a latency to um, to the operations to to the query ops. So. Um, Three things which I look forward uh, when I'm working on um, using BPF. One is about the thread handling efficiency queries, um, thread handling um, um, method, method, thread handling uh, processes. And two is about um, the disk ops, which is about like how these threads are um, 
creating a, a intensity on the desktop. The third one is about the actual code, the application, which could be SQL, which could be a, a, a raw application. But then I want to know that um, what is their um, data access model look like and how um, how long these um, threads are uh, operational? Like, um, are they are they are they staying idle or is there a way they gracefully um, disconnect and again um, using from some thread caching mechanism so that you know they can come back faster? So. Um, D-trace. So how, how do I see a different differentiation? So both D-trace and BPF, I, I, functionally, they, they solve the same uh, requirement, right? Um, when I'm using uh, BPF, BPF for me is a, a, a new avatar of D-trace on Linux um, is uh, BPF for me. D-trace, I use them when I'm, when I'm troubleshooting on uh, FreeBSD infrastructure. Um, I use I, I use the D-trace to measure um, how the CPU usage and distribution look like, and uh, same. If if you look at the metrics, is not changing. Now, if you see that the metrics, what I am capturing on using um, BPF and D-trace is same. It's only about the tool uh, which I use on um, different uh, distribution of um, the platform. I use D-trace on FreeBSD. I use um, BPF on on Linux. So, so what, 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 what is the, something which uh, really attracts me uh, using D-Trace, like most of us, like uh, I, get, um, I get three things, like as, as I said in the prop, you know, previous one, right? I, I can profile the entire systems usage, resource usage patterns uh, against the applications, um, which are the consumers of the resources. Um, two is about the detailed um, annotation of the systems infrastructure operations on both during peak and off-peak hours. And uh, what are um, how how my um, available RAM is used by the processes uh, with uh, PLOC stat. So if, if here I use only two two uh, one-liner um, commands, right? Again, that this is this can be super big. Then I use like I want to see like how much time is spent um, by each individual processes, and if I can present as a histogram, it's great. Because you know, when, when you when you're articulating a performance audit uh, engagement to a, a business stakeholder, right? Um, and uh, if you can keep your reports, your performance audit report as crisp as possible, um, it, it gives clarity. The 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 faster we can reach to the solution of the problem. Like here, I'm looking at is like only about um, how much time I'm spending for the reads, and if there are any weight events which are the bottleneck. That's it. It's the two things. Now, um, why do I, um, when I'm tracing application outside uh, ClickHouse, why do I need to use even ClickHouse? Good question. Um, I, I got this question on one of uh, conferences, which I was uh, I was doing a, a session, very detailed session on troubleshooting with multiple tools. Answer is simple. Um, do we use everything? No, we don't use every of these things. Like I said, in the beginning of the conversation, when I find something seriously going wrong at um, under native Linux tools, I get into tools, more specialized tracing tools. When I find, um, yes, uh, it's uh, more and more um, uh, clearer that the epicenter is going to be database system, then I will uh, use um, ClickHouse. If my epicenter is ClickHouse, I use the ClickHouse. But then again, I'm not going to use the entire system tables. 
So when I'm, when I'm tracing, my, uh, my objective is very clear. I want to measure uh, the response time. So I want to measure the both the wall clock time as well as the CPU time. Here I want to see that um, which of those queries, uh, which are expensive by response time um, and tune um, relatedly uh, to, the, um, to the system variables of uh, Clickhouse instance and, uh, then, uh, and then collect the data. So I use ClickHouse, um, when I'm using ClickHouse, uh, you know, like, and when I'm, when I'm using ClickHouse uh, for um, my analytics and if I'm um, troubleshooting performance and after, after, after clearly understanding that the epicenter performance bottlenecks ClickHouse infrastructure, then what my first step is like, I get into um, this trace log of um, ClickHouse. And uh, this, is a, this is a default configuration. Um, this records all the queries which, um, which uh, consumes more than one second. Uh, so I, I use a system trace log and I'm seeing there's a latency. Okay, oh, okay. Right, right um, so how does it look like? It, it looks very, very direct. Um, it looks like uh, when uh, the date, um, the, the time, and what is the latency. Um, then this leads me to the, the thread ID and, uh, and the query ID. From there, I can, I can, um, I can look at um, these tables and collect more data. So if you, if you really look at like, um, when I get into a conclusion that my performance bottleneck epicenter is ClickHouse, um, all I look forward to is um, uh, look at a trace log. Um, from trace log, when I identify um, the queries, uh, which are the bottleneck, um, I use um, multiple, uh, I use just four system tables um, provided by ClickHouse. Um, I look at system query log to find out um, the log of all the queries um, executed, um, which is like a start time and end time of the query and duration which is the latency, and if there are any errors. And processes to find out like uh, both um, active and uh, idle processes um, by um, the throughput as uh, well on all the system resource um, usage. And the query thread log is like, I want to find out where is the epicenter of this query? What's, what's, what's the source of this query, which is a bottleneck? And uh, this, this gives me um, the detailed story of uh, where is the epicenter. Um, Okay, sorry. Okay. So how do I consolidate my effort in um, ClickHouse performance um, troubleshooting? I use diagnostic tools um, so that um, I can have completely uh, evidence-based performance um, forensics troubleshooting. Um, I quantify the performance um, audit exercise. Uh, this is like, um, I compute what is the, the latency, what is the throughput, what is the impact, what is the cost to the infrastructure of um, um, the application uh, at this performance. Um, and definitely what is not performance troubleshooting. So performance troubleshooting is like, definitely you're not, um, you're not solving immediately, right? When you're, when you're troubleshooting, the first thing is like, I need to, um, I need to have a document. I need rather than using the document, I need to build out a standard governance um, of the ClickHouse infrastructure, like uh, what was the configuration before and what is um, after, and uh, in the previous configuration, what is the impact and what's the new configuration look like. So it is about. It's not just about troubleshooting and keep it as a black box. That's not objective. We do um, uh, record the historical performance data. Um, 
that's when we use TraceLog, uh, where always um, we can purge the data um, after the careful um, audit do we, when we don't need the data. And, and choosing the tools um, relevant um, and, 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 uh, and pull only the data which is relevant because more data you pull is like uh, you are adding more cost to the infrastructure. And uh, the goal, the big goal is like building systems uh, for performance. Um, that takes me, uh, thank you so much guys. You know, like I took uh, 50 minutes of this uh, talk uh, and like faster by five minutes here, but then uh, we are hiring. Um, always passionate to talk to performance engineers, data ops geeks, uh, DevOps guys, SREs. Um, thank, thank you, thank you so much, guys. You know, like, um, like always, um, like to talk to you. You know, like, um, looking forward to you know, working with one of you. Um, thank you so much. Uh, now, questions. Fantastic presentation. Um, very, very well rounded. We got a lot of different angles here, and it's quite obvious that you have a lot of knowledge on the topic as well as databases in general. In the case of in the case of ClickHouse, what would you say are you know common mistakes that folks might make? That, as you mentioned previously, you know you've you've worked on a lot of different backgrounds on a lot of different databases. In terms of the things that make ClickHouse unique, in the sort of don't fall into that trap, or just because you did this on Postgres or perhaps another database doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be the case here. What are things that engineers should be watching out for in that regard? Very good question. Plan for the growth, right? Imagine you're an engineer who is using um, a transaction processing database uh, for your application. Uh, you get um, you get longer time um, to face the, the the elephant in the room, which is performance. But when you're using um, ClickHouse, because you're going to use ClickHouse for your analytics and and all your uh, transaction processing data of several years. Uh, will be pumped in here. And, and could be the data also coming from some other log stores because ClickHouse is not just about transaction processing data coming in as a historical data, but also people you know, use ClickHouse for the log analysis for time series data. So if you're an engineer working on it, plan for the performance from day one, um, understand the um, importance of uh, partitioning because end of the day, when you are talking about building a database infrastructure, which is going to grow really big, which is ClickHouse, um, look at like how you can uh, efficiently partition um, so that you're looking about um, you know distribution of the disk IO load. Um, the third one is about using the storage engine, right? Um, ClickHouse has multiple storage engines, so you need to you need to look at like how the storage engines work, like and and always um, always uh, never ever 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 disable the logging. When I say logging, it is about the, your error log, your slow query log, and all, all these things are enabled. But then but then you don't go and uh, um, disable the data, which is very important to troubleshoot. If things goes wrong, you need data. Imagine things goes wrong, you don't have a data, you don't have a trace um, of your of your ClickHouse uh, native ClickHouse supported trace mechanism is disabled by any by by any chance. That means that you hit a problem and you don't have any data. You 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 could you may recover the data. You will do a fresh installation. You'll have a new ClickHouse. You'll come back, but you'll never know that what really went wrong. That is that is a serious problem for me. Very good. No, great points there. With that in mind as well, too, you know, looking at as as once again, someone who had experience in, in Twitter and Pinterest, other organizations, when though when we're thinking about stakeholders, when we're thinking about, you know, there are lots of different database options on the table. What how's the process of, of deciding which one's going to work best? What's the right fit? You know, how does how does that process go? And what tips might you give to end users that are in similar situations when they have to go through that decision making process? 
Very good question, man. <laughs> I, I love to hear this question. You know, like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, know your data first, right? Um, don't use the database systems first. Um, know your data. What is the purpose of this data? If I am building a system uh, which is uh, transaction oriented, uh, and so my, my views are very biased to open source free software. So whatever recommendation I do, which will be an open source free software, right? Um, the, the, the proprietary software companies are great. They make great things, but then uh, I'm biased to uh, open source software, right? Now, if you're making a transaction processing system, right? Um, look at like, uh, what is a problem you're going to um, solve here? Um, so MySQL and PostgreSQL uh, and MariaDB, all are equally great, all are equally great. Now, uh, what, what worries me sometimes is about um, the community support is very important. Um, two is about, um, two is about um, how, uh, how you are going to work on um, a distributed um, or, 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 or more, uh, more um, performant um, replication infrastructure. More, more complexities are, are, are a different problem to solve. Uh, so uh, when, you're choosing a, when you're choosing a transaction processing system, um, choose one um, which you think that you can, you can manage the support part of it or you have a reliable support uh, partner in place. Like, for example, I've, I've seen um, somebody who come to me and say like, you know something, uh, we use MongoDB for transaction processing system. MongoDB is a great database, um, but then uh, are you using MongoDB purely for transaction computing space? Is that for it's built? Answer is no, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good document still. Um, but if you're looking at a transaction processing system, you're you are narrowed down into three vendors, right? Use MySQL, use MariaDB, use PostgreSQL. You may use storage engines like InnoDB, RocksDB, and again, PostgreSQL. So um, there it, it ends. The next is like, if I'm building an analytics infra, don't even think about transaction processing system. Don't, don't don't think about you know building an um you know analytics platform on MySQL and MariaDB or, or PostgreSQL and then complain that you know something this is not working. It's expected not to work. It's it's a row-based database system. It's not a column-based database system. If you see in analytics, what we do, we I, I want to find out that um how many guys in um how many guys in um you know like uh, in SF today is uh, um running today with their Nike Run Accelerator. Um, that is a very column one. It's like you're talking about a product type. Um the the consumer and, and just combining two, three columns and then you're aggregating that, right? The structure of the code is different. Structure of the data access pattern is different. That is built a columnar, that's a columnar activity, right? So use a column store. Then, then you look at like which column store works for you. The third factor is about no matter uh, whichever vendor, whichever platform you're going to choose, keep in mind, um, your compaction factor, your, your compression um, capability of a storage engine is very important because you're going to have, you're going to be the owner of a very large database infra and uh, two, two major impacts, right? Bigger database infra is very expensive to handle because your storage costs go high. Um, two is about the performance will be impacted because a, a query on a database system of 500 terabytes is faster than a query on the same database infrastructure on two, terab two petabytes. No, what happens? Um, so you need to look at like how how best I can um, compress my uh, database uh, infrastructure so that my query performance remains good. Um, so th th these are the quick points, right? and and always invest on an observability infra. Like if you have a database infra, um, do not uh, troubleshoot uh, without evidence. So invest on a on a very good uh, observability performance monitoring stack which could be anything, which could be hosted, self-managed or cloud, that's irrelevant. But then I'll just have one infra um, so that you hit a problem. Every, every company uh, who owns a database infrastructure face a performance uh, bottleneck, not once, not twice, 
often. Even, even the larger companies face it. Facebook face it. We we have we have, we have been unhappy with Twitter sometimes. So that's the performance is not a destiny, right? It's a, it's a journey. Uh, it's a journey where um, the bottlenecks, uh, the, the challenges uh, happens during um, the, the most busiest day of your life. And that's how it is. So have the evidence so that you can troubleshoot it intuitively. Very good points. And with that, you know, we're talking about performance. We're talking about anything really in any database. We're looking at, you know, pluses and minuses. We can talk about scalability, like you said, on some of those key dates. Classic examples being, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, et cetera. We're talking about these trade-offs. Um, you know, what are what are the typical things to say? Oh, well, this is going to be high performance. Well, does that also mean high cost? Does that mean high maintenance? Does it become a, a problem of the operators who are going to be working with it? Do we have a team that's qualified enough to get to that point? How do you gauge the extent to which a team really is ready to be, you know, running and operating something with such high performance? Fantastic. Fantastic. Trust me. This is one of, one of the best questions which I answered in last two months. Right. This is, this is the best question. <laughs> so uh, let me let me answer this question. Um, this, this is a very tricky question also. Actually, why? When, when, when you ask me about um, what it really takes and uh, from um, effort and cost and the time perspective on building a, a high-performance, optimal database infrastructure, uh, it, it's a combination of one uh, about your process, right? Who or how much visibility you have on your database infrastructure. Do you look at your database, database infrastructure operations only when there is a performance bottleneck? If that is a strategy you're going forward to, then, then you, have, you, you have good days or you know, like great days because there is no work. Um, bad days are the worst days because you don't have any access to the knowledge. You're, like, uh, you're just like jumping to a deep sea uh, with no lifeguard. Right. Now, the next part of the story is like you're methodical. Like um, you're like, hey, you know something? Um, every um, Tuesday, I need to, um, you know, like uh, take a report of last five days, um, um, thread, um, latency uh, report. Like which were those um, top ten threads? Uh, the processes which consumed uh, my resources, or or like by by expensive, by latency, by response time. So when you are methodical, um, this is like um, how the military operations work. Um, they 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 have daily military drill uh, drill uh, even though there's war is not happening every day there may be a war happening once in five years or ten years or never but then the drill is to make sure that they prepare for that so same is like when i'm building a system uh, in, in a data uh, data accelerated world today um, it's it's good to have tools of success which is definitely you know like um, how i record um, both good and bad story of my data infrastructure. So that one, there's a great learning experience too. Is like I troubleshoot proactively. The business or customer should not should not be the guy who calls and says, you know, something. something your your database infrastructure performance uh, is terrible. No, um, that is um, that is something which is which is most painful thing for a data infra owner. Um, I mean, I, I personally take it. But rather, if it is like, hey, you know, something I have I have a time series data. I know that how the performance of the systems are changing uh, with the patterns uh, in, the, in the in the SQL have changed over the last five days, ten days. That means that I need to go relook at my indexing methods. I need to look at my partition pruning uh, methods, uh, or maybe I need to um, have add more number of clusters so that you know, like I'm distributing horizontally the traffic. So it's it's, it's about uh, either uh, you you be always ready for the battle, or or you you fight the battle when it comes. So that's that's a way of looking at it. Very very good. And like you said, it's not something easy to answer. There's no one answer to that. It's not singular. I just think it's something that has to be considered, you know, and, and we see the same thing in our community when we talk about 
running data on Kubernetes, you know, running stateful workloads on Kubernetes, is it a financial challenge because you need to build an operator? Also a talent challenge because you have engineers with enough experience that they can do that. Do you have, you know, like, uh, does, you know, is your use case matching up with this? There are different things that have to be included. And like I said, there's no magic singular answer for that. But I think it's just an important thing to keep in mind. The interesting thing with this to me as well is that frequently, you know, this is live stream number 118. As much as we're always talking about technology, there are these human management questions that we have to be thinking about at an organizational level regarding, like you said, do we, are we ready to be, uh, are we readily prepared to deal with the mistakes when they come or the, the issues, the problems, because they will come. And, um, you know, how is that built into our roadmap? Is our staff uh, accustomed to dealing with these kind of, you know, fires and production, things of that nature? I think these are these are really, really good things for everybody to be thinking about. You know, who's in my team? How do we look at this kind of stuff? What's our level of experience and comfort? Very, very good points being mentioned there. Shiv, can I get you to stop sharing your screen really quickly so I can share mine before we wrap up? Perfect. As is um, a custom in our in our community, I'm going to share my screen as we have a very wonderful summary of the things that we were being that were being shared. So um, while we were talking, we have our amazing artist, um, Angel, who's in the background, creating a visual depiction of the various topics that were mentioned. There is a lot of very practical advice. And gratefully, luckily, we have the, the slides. So if you arrived a little bit late, they will be on our SlideShare account. But this is the visual summary that Angel was able to put together um, in the background while this was going on. Shiv, this is fantastic. I think if there is any doubt about your expertise when it comes to databases, that is gone. Very nice to be able to touch on the um, first BPF and then eBPF paradigm because we had one we had one stream live, a live stream about that uh, a few months ago. But very nice to touch on that because that is a very hot topic that we're seeing in in our community as well as in the CNCF more broadly. So that's something people can keep their eyes open for. I left your your Twitter link in in the YouTube comments. So folks want to check you out there, they can do so. Also LinkedIn, our Slack channel, um, very easy to get in touch and very nice to have you with us today. I really hope that you submit a proposal for KubeCon so we can see you there in Spain in, in May. And thanks folks for joining so much. You got the rest of the info for our upcoming live streams. Shiv, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for um, having me uh, on this. So. Uh, always looking forward to uh, these um, great initiatives which uh, you do uh, with a very lean team. You know, like it's 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 it's, it's quite it's very impressive. Like um, I mean, this is, this is from from the from the team from the heart. It is like uh, thank you so much, man, uh, for taking all this effort. Um, I'm sure you know there's a lot of you know day and night of effort you're doing for this. Um, thank you so much, man. Like uh, a lot of respect for you. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure being able to interact with folks like yourself who are very, very knowledgeable about these things. And this is all about sharing that knowledge and, and helping people grow. So anyway, thank you very much. Take care. Have thank a good so one, everybody. Bye-bye.